Hello everyone and welcome to A Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. There was not one last week because I was sitting in Hawaii. I tried to get one out early or record it early and schedule it and it just didn't happen with trying to pack for Hawaii. And then there was a thought in the back of my mind like should I record one while I'm in Hawaii? And then I was sitting there on the beach just laying there tanning in the beautiful sun by a beautiful pool. I was like, no way, I'll just miss a week. So anyway, we're back this week. I am a little bit tanner than I was, so that's always good. We had a great trip. It was a little baby moon. I do not like the term baby moon, but that's basically what we went on. I'm like seven months pregnant. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm seven months pregnant, and we decided to go on a little trip. Well, we thought it was going to be a little trip, and then it kind of escalated into this big trip like for 10 days to Kauai it was glorious and it was so nice to just not do anything for a full 10 days so I was in heaven and it was just ideal so we're back we're now like back to work back in the swing of things I'm trying to get the house back in order you know get all the laundry done and and all that stuff uh so we're back but anyway Today's episode is going to be one of the state episodes. If you're new, basically every week I choose a topic, I learn about it, I report it back so we can all learn together. Uh, I've been doing this state series for the last like year and a half where I choose a, a state in the order that they join the union. So I have like been going in order of states. We're on the 37th state and that is Nebraska. So I'm going to go through like the history, the geography, you know, state symbols, attractions, famous people, all of that, all pertaining to Nebraska. I just think it's important to learn about the country that I live in, you know, like I didn't, I I should know more about some of these states uh, in the U.S., but there's just so many. So I thought I'd go through each individual one, learn about them and report it back to you. So I hope you enjoyed the episode and let's learn about Nebraska. Okay, so before I jump into the history of Nebraska, let's talk about some of just the basic facts. So, the capital of Nebraska is Lincoln, Nebraska. It became a state on March 1st, 1867, which makes it the 37th state admitted to the Union. Now, it is named Nebraska because it comes from a Native American word or words that means flat water. The phrase refers to the Platte River, which runs through the state. It's a pretty flat river, so they called it Nebraska. Um, The state motto is equality before the law. Now, some of the state mottos are kind of like predictable, like why they would choose that state motto based on, you know, the state history or whatever. But I was a little bit interested in equality before the law because it just seems so kind of dry. But it actually has a good story behind it. So Nebraska gained statehood in 1867 because and only after it agreed to accept Congress's demand that it removed a whites-only voting restriction from its state constitution. 
So the state motto was made equality before the law because it reflected their willingness to be admitted to the union and extend suffrage to black Americans. Um, okay, the nickname is the Cornhusker State. This was kind of originated by the University of Nebraska um, because the school's football team was called the Cornhuskers. There's basically just so much corn in Nebraska that the Cornhuskers became the um, team name of the University of Nebraska. Nebraska is the third largest corn producer in the U.S., so definitely goes with the Cornhuskers nickname or the Cornhusker State. Um, the population is 1.96 million, making it the 43rd most populated, most, um, densely populated state in the U.S., so pretty darn sparse. And let's go over the geography a little bit. So, Nebraska is bordered by South Dakota in the north, Iowa and Missouri in the east, Kansas is to the south, Colorado is in the south and west, and Wyoming is to the west. So there's only really two major regions in the state of Nebraska, the dissected Till Plains and the Great Plains, which I am pretty sure we've like pretty thoroughly covered in some of these other, you know, central, like western states. But we'll go over it again. The dissected Till Plains cover the eastern quarter of Nebraska. Um, when glaciers melted in this region in the land at the end of the last ice age, they left behind a till, which is a mixture of sand, gravel, and boulders. The area has low hills and deposits um, of lois, I think it's called, which is wind-blown sediment. So those are the till plains. And then the rest of the state is the Great Plains. So all plains, pretty much. It's flat with just a few canyons and valleys. There's some lakes, there's some wetlands, but it's mostly flat. Um... The highest peak of the state is in this region. It's called Panorama, Panorama Point. There's also some sand dunes called um, Sand Hills. The dunes stretch for 20,000 square miles. And at the far northwest, there's another area. It's called the Badlands, where the wind has cut some of the sandstone into some weird mushroom-like shapes, it says. So there's some variety in the plains, but it's a lot of plains. Okay, that brings us to climate. Let's talk a little bit about the climate of Nebraska. It's honestly like pretty mild overall. Well, I guess, I don't know. It gets pretty cold in the winter. But here are some of the stats on climate. So there are an average of 27 inches of rain per year in Nebraska, which is pretty significantly lower than the 38 average inches in the U.S., which is kind of surprising because of how much corn is produced there and how much farming there is, but there is less than average rain. So that's interesting. There's 28 inches of snow, which is exactly the national average of 28 inches. 223 sunny days per year. The national average is 205 sunny days. The summer high is 87 degrees, the winter low is 13, so it gets pretty hot and then pretty cold. Um, you know, maybe a little bit more of an intense winter than we've seen from some of the other states, but uh, definitely not the worst. So that brings the overall comfort index to 7.2. Again, if you're new to the podcast or to these state episodes, a 7.0 is considered an average comfort index. So most states fall within a few, you know, decimal points of seven. 
doesn't tell you that much unless the state is like super comfortable. I think like California and Hawaii are the highest ranked on that list. Um, like they'll be in the eights. Um, but everywhere else is pretty much kind of averages around seven, slightly higher, slightly lower. June, September, and August are the most pleasant to go to Nebraska, and January and December are the least pleasant because those are in the middle of winter. So that is the climate. Those are the basic kind of facts about Nebraska. Now, let's talk now about the actual timeline of the state of Nebraska. Now, usually I use eReference Desk, which is the, I think it's like a website that compiles a bunch of different timelines from other websites because I see a lot of the same exact sentences pulled from other websites that are just all compiled into one list. The problem with that is that they're so, so detailed sometimes that I just, it's too much. So I found this kind of uh, lean timeline that we'll go through. It starts once Nebraska was part of the Louisiana Territory when it's purchased from the U.S. or by the U.S. from France. So it starts in 1803. And then it goes to, let's see, 1972. So let's go through the timeline because the history of Nebraska is pretty interesting. Um, so yes, it was part of the Louisiana Territory when it was purchased by the United States from France. In 1803, Thomas Jefferson bought the Louisiana Territory. 1804 to 1824, the United States government exp uh, Explorers visited the region and described it as a vast wasteland. <laughs> this is why, like, all the websites on Nebraska are like, it's not that boring. There are things to do. Like, you just have to, you know, be able to entertain yourself and stuff. But the first explorers did describe it as a vast wasteland. The resulting myth of the Great American Desert delayed significant white settlement in Nebraska. So that's why, you know, some of these timelines started way, way earlier, even if they're somewhat in the same region. Well, it's not in the same region, but, you know, nearby states had settlement way, way earlier than Nebraska because of this rumor that it was just all this wasteland. By the way, this is on, I don't think I mentioned, it's on familysearch.org, and I will link that in the description if you want. Um, there's some more... Uh, kind of interesting genealogies and local histories and stuff like that on this page too, if you want to dive more into the history. But um, okay, 1813 to 1827, there were trading posts and forts that started being established near present day Omaha. And then the first settlement actually happened in 1823. And that was at Bellevue. Between 1830 and 1854, Nebraska was part of an area that was designated as Indian Territory. Then between 1833 and 1876, the Indian tribes ended up ceding all Nebraska claims to the U.S. government. So there was like this period of time where, I don't know, this, this is, whole period is kind of seen as the like transition period where it was originally the Indian Territory and then it was ceded. So that goes all the way up to 1876. Between the 1840s and 1860s, there were a lot of pioneer wagons heading west through the Platte Valley over the um, Oregon, California, and Mormon trails. So Nebraska was mainly just like a travel route to get to other places on the west coast 
or in Utah or Nevada. So not a lot of uh, additional settlement happening at this time. It was mostly just, you know, a way to get to California and Oregon and Utah. 1854, the Omaha Indians ceded their land to the U.S. government on March 30th of that same year in 1854. There was something signed called the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which established the Nebraska Territory. So it says the creation of the Colorado and Dakota Territories in 1861 and the Idaho Territory in 1863 reduced Nebraska to nearly its present size. Lands in Boyd and Thurston counties were received from South Dakota in 1890. So there's been, I mean, as with a lot of these, like, western, midwestern states, it started out as a much bigger area. So, like, the whole thing was called Louisiana Territory, and then kind of chunks got ceded and made into official states. And so the territory names kept shifting, the territory sizes kept shifting. So the actual size didn't come about until 1890, but um, the... Kansas-Nebraska Act, which created what is called the Nebraska Territory, which is much bigger than the current size, was created in 1854. Okay, the Pony Express ran from 1860 to 1861. That was um, active in Nebraska. And then the first claim under the Homestead Act was staked near Beatrice, I think it's pronounced Beatrice, uh, Nebraska in 1863. I believe I've done a whole episode on the Homestead Act, so go back and listen to that one if you're interested. But yeah, the first claim filed under that was in 1863. 1864, August 7th of that year, there was something called the Plum Creek Massacre. So the massacre was a concerted attack by the Sioux, Cheyenne, and Arapaho at Plum Creek. Uh, So basically just there were a lot of conflicts between the natives and the settlers throughout this time with, I mean, we've looked at many state histories at this point, and this period seems like, yes, for many of these states in a similar region, there were many, many conflicts around this time that were kind of getting more and more intense. Uh, The first railroad, first railroad to the Pacific Coast was begun at Omaha, in 1865. It was completed in 1869, so a lot of infrastructure is starting to pop up. And then March 1st, 1867 is when Nebraska becomes a state. And again, they were not allowed to become a state unless they basically extended suffrage to black Americans. So that was kind of a milestone for um, states being admitted into the Union. 1868, the Sioux Indians uh, seceded or ceded their land. 1877, on May 6th of that year, Chief Crazy Horse and 900 warriors surrendered at Camp Robinson, Nebraska. The Sioux had been on a warpath since 1875. So, again, many conflicts with the Native Americans there. 1877, that so that same year that... Um, I guess it's kind of related. They put it as two different timelines, but after they surrendered, the Sioux Indian, um, the Sioux Indian tribe ceded their Black Hill land. So, 
Um, that was in that same year after that defeat. Okay, between 1870 and 1890, this was Nebraska's greatest population growth. It occurred in the post-Civil War era. Um, you know, so Civil War is like 61 to 64. So between 1870 and 1890, there was a big boom because settlers started arriving from the Eastern United States and from Northern Europe. So, um, it's kind of an interesting thing. This was like a, a huge uptick of settlers to Nebraska. 1898, there were over 300,000 men who were involved in the Spanish-American War, which was fought mainly, mainly in Cuba and the Philippines. Uh, 1809, the Kincaid Homestead Act opened the last range land in northwestern Nebraska to settlement. So again, people were able to go and settle these lands. And if you could like, I think the rules were, if you could farm a certain amount of acres, you could claim that as your land without basically having to pay for it because they wanted it to be settled. So kind of a, the last uh, free land in Nebraska was offered in 1904. Okay, 1917 to 1918, it says more than 26 million men from the United States, ages 18 through 45, registered with the Selective Service. World War I, over 4.7 million American men and women served during the war. It doesn't say how many specifically were from Nebraska, but it obviously impacted men and women from across uh, the U.S., so... 1930s was the Great Depression. There were many closed factories and mills in um, in Nebraska. A lot of small farms were abandoned and many moved to cities. In my Great Depression episode that we talked about like how a lot of these small farm towns, they didn't even have the money to harvest their crops. So they would like grow the crops or they had grown some. But then I guess the harvesting was like too expensive or they didn't have enough um, equipment that they had to buy or uh, I guess I don't know the exact reasons. But they basically said that like everyone in the city was lining up for food banks and it was really hard to find food for a lot of people. But in the farmlands, like they had grown food, but they couldn't harvest them. And so it was like this tragic situation where there was enough food, but it was basically not in the right area. Um, so that is what, you know, that kind of happened in Nebraska. It's more rural. So a lot of people abandoned these farms and then went to cities to try to find work, but the cities were already overrun and, you know, there wasn't a lot of work. So anyway, it's interesting how the effects of the Great Depression were so drastically different from like in cities versus in towns and how some towns just went abandoned. Um, 1840 to 18, sorry, 1940 to 1945 was World War II. Um, again, it doesn't specify how many men and women served in, uh, from Nebraska specifically, but again, huge impact. Uh, 1950 to 1953 was the Korean War. And then it just says between the 1950s and 60s. So like those two decades, lots of infrastructure started popping up, 
the building of interstate highways made it way easier for people to move long distances, which I believe created like an uptake of population for Nebraska. Like the infrastructure became much better in the country as a whole, but Nebraska specifically as well. Um, so that was like the big development in the 50s and 60s. And then 64 to 72 was the Vietnam War. And that's where this timeline ends. A lot of those last ones were like very general American events, but definitely had an impact on the Nebraska history. So that is from Family Search. Again, there's more kind of local history information on here, but um, that is the major timeline. So let's see what is next to discuss. Um, okay, famous people from Nebraska. Now, some states that you would think had a lot of famous people do not have any. I think it was like, uh, I forget what state, but there was one state that I did where I just was like, surely there will be a decent amount of famous people in here. And I didn't recognize one of them. Nebraska is the opposite. I thought that maybe not a lot of people would be from Nebraska who are famous. And I recognized so many names. So here we go. Here are the famous people from Nebraska. There is astronaut Clayton Anderson, Fred Astaire, Marlon Brando, Warren Buffett, Johnny Carson, Dick Cheney, Adam Devine, Gerald Ford, L. Ron Hubbard, who created Scientology, Larry the Cable Guy, um, Andy Roddick, who is a tennis player, and Hilary Swank, all from Nebraska. And that was like not really the full list. A lot of times also they put these very kind of old time uh, actors and stuff on there that I don't recognize the names of. So I'm sure there are more that a lot of people would recognize. Uh, I just don't know a lot of old timey actors or actresses. So um, yeah, lots of people actually from Nebraska, which was quite surprising. All right, let's talk state symbols. Um, okay, so the state name, we've talked about the nicknames, but there's actually two official state nicknames. One is the Cornhusker State, which we talked about. The other one is the Tree Planter State. So the Tree Planter State was adopted in 1895. Nebraska's claim to tree planting fame includes the founder of Arbor Day in 1872 by J. Sterling Morton of Nebraska City. Um, the Timber Culture Act of U.S. Senator Phineas W. Hitchcock of 1873 and the millions of trees planted by early settlers as windbreaks, woodlots, and orchards. Orchards, sorry. So yeah, because there's basically no hills or very few and it's all plains, a lot of trees were planted as, you know, to, to have a break in the wind. Um, and Arbor Day was founded out of Nebraska. So kind of interesting. The goldenrod is the state flower, also adopted in 1895. It's definitely an interesting flower. Like, it's not what you would think of as a flower. It kind of looks like a, I don't know. It says it's a coarse-looking perennial herb. It's yellow, and the flowers appear from July through October. So that is the state flower. The state bird is the western meadowlark, which I believe is Colorado's as well. Um, that was signed in in 1929. The state tree is the American elm, adopted in 1972. The state gemstone is the blue 
Chal Chalced Chalcedony Chalcedony. Oof, rough pronunciation on that one, but that was adopted in 1967. Uh, the blue agate can be found in northwestern Nebraska, where it formed in where it formed in windblown silt and claystone deposited in the Shadron Formation of the. There's too many words I cannot pronounce in here, but basically it's found in northwestern Nebraska. So that's all we need to know. Uh, the prairie agate is the state rock. It was adopted in 1967. It's a semi-precious stone, and Nebraska has an abundance of it. The state grass is the little blue stem. Uh, it was designated in 1969. It grows throughout the Great Plains in central and western Nebraska. It's also sometimes known as bunch grass. In some areas, they also call it beard grass because it grows in these like bunches. Um, it's important. It says it's an important native hay and forage grass. The state insect is the honeybee. The state mammal is the white-tailed deer. That's honestly pretty standard uh, with a lot of states. The white-tailed deer is quite a popular choice. The state fish is the channel catfish. Uh, it doesn't say, oh yeah, it was designated in 1997 by the governor at the time, Ben Nelson. Uh, it's a popular sport fish and it's often used for food. Let's see. So, yep, definitely found in Nebraska. The state American folk dance is the square dance. That was also a Ben Nelson adoption thing uh, in 1997. There is the state po poet laureate. Uh, they named John G. Neilhart or Neehart um, as the poet laureate of Nebraska. There's a state ballad. Again, Ben Nelson was really busy adopting state symbols. Uh, 1997, he adopted A Place Like Nebraska to be the official state ballad. So uh, I was going to read the lyrics because I thought it was like one little mini paragraph. And then I scrolled down the page and it goes on for like an entire <laughs> page. So, um, okay. St. Paul is considered the state historic baseball capital of Nebraska. Wait, I'm confused. Okay, so this is interesting. There's two baseball capitals in Nebraska, state baseball capitals. One is the state historic baseball capital, which is St. Paul, as I mentioned. The other one is just state baseball capital, like I guess current day, which is Wakefield, Nebraska. There's also a state village of lights, Ben Nelson also. Uh, declared that. Cody is the official village of lights. The Platte River is the state river. There's a state soft drink, which is Kool-Aid. The state beverage is milk. Again, that's pretty standard. Wow, they have so many state symbols. Okay, then we have an interesting thing. Special days in Nebraska. So there are, and we've seen this a couple times, there are some states that have special days. Uh, you know, 
there's a day in actually I think this is a Nebraska one too like Pioneer's Day which you know for Mormons or like in Utah there's a day talking about when all the settlers came and reached the Utah Valley or the Salt Lake Valley sorry um so some states have their own special holidays so here's a list of the Nebraskan special days there's George W. Norris Day which is January 5th it honors a longtime Nebraska politician George W. Norris there's State Day, which is March 1st, so we just missed that by about a month, um, but that's obviously celebrating the day that Nebraska became a state. There's Thomas Jefferson Memorial Day, which is April 13th, to just honor Thomas Jefferson. There's Workers Memorial Day, April 28th. It, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's honoring workers. Okay, State Fire Day is the Friday before Fire Recognition Day in May, which we'll get to Fire Recognition Day, but it's to call public attention to the great damage to the great damage that fire causes to life and property. Then we get to Fire Recognition Day. So this is the second Saturday in May. Uh, exercises appropriate for the subject and day may be conducted by any fire department. So this is an interesting one. Fire Recognition Day is like a day for fire departments to, I guess, train and do exercises to prevent fires. Very unique. Uh, Pioneers Memorial Day is the second Sunday in June. It recognizes those who served and sacrificed as pioneers in the settlement of Nebraska. And then Nebraska Check Day uh, is the first Sunday in August. And it says the date coincides with the annual and then it gets cut off. So let me just look up uh, Nebraska check day here in a real time Google search. Nothing is really coming up about it. Well, anyway, there's a Czech festival. Uh, I think because when we were talking about the settlers who came from Europe, a lot of those were Czech. So now there's a lot of like Czech uh, people or like Czech history within Nebraska. So they have a Czech festival um, every year, the first Sunday in August. So anyway, those are the state symbols and the state days of Nebraska. Now, the last thing we're going to talk about is things to do in Nebraska. I just went on TripAdvisor, and so we'll just go through some of these, um, these lists here. There are definitely a lot of, like, websites that say, oh, you think Nebraska's boring? It's just plains. There's some things to do. So here are some of the things to do. There's the Henry Dorley Zoo. Uh, it says it was the world's largest indoor desert under the world's largest geodesic dome. So that seems pretty cool. There's the Durham Museum, which is housed in the old Union Pacific Railroad Station. There's the Museum of Speed, which says that this is a Smithsonian quality collection and exhibit. Uh, it like features cars and automotive things. There's the old market to go to, which uh, the redevelopment commenced in the late 60s and is still the focal point for many developers 
to repurpose some of these buildings. There's something called the Sunken Gardens, which looks really, really pretty. It's like a botanical garden. There's the Bob Carey Pedestrian Bridge, the Nebraska State Capitol, the Great Platte River Road Archway Monument. Uh, more nature-focused, there's the Scotts Bluff National Monument. It's along the Oregon Trail, so it's, it's good if you're like an outdoorsy type. Um, yeah, and those are the ones I'll highlight. There's definitely some more, but lots of museums and uh, things like that. Uh, Crane Trust Nature and Visitor Center. I'll throw in another nature one because there weren't that many on this list. But yeah, a lot of like railroad stations, uh, car and plane museums. So it's a good, it's a good area to visit. There's also like a a lot of baseball so if you're in Nebraska try to catch a baseball game sounds like they are definitely into their their baseball so that is all for the history of Nebraska you know I hope that if you go there you'll have some good attractions to visit um, but that is all for today's episode thank you all so much for tuning in and I hope you learned a lot about one of these states I feel like Nebraska is kind of not appreciated as it should be but there's actually some really good things there and you know a lot of good agriculture a lot of interesting history a lot of famous people come from there so i hope it gave you a little bit more of an appreciation of nebraska so thank you all for listening make sure to rate the podcast and review it if you enjoy it and i will see you next week for another episode bye everyone